Welcome to Court Stormers, a 48 Minutes NCAA podcast. Check us out at 48MinutesNetwork.com. Hey guys, welcome to another exciting edition of Court Stormers, brought to you by the 48 Minutes Podcast Network. I am your host, the voice of the voiceless, Mike Canizales, and alongside me at this time, my co-host, Mr. Parrothead himself, Taylor Bergfield. Taylor, how are you doing today, buddy? Good, man. What's up? Not too much, brother. we got a very exciting show here for our guest today. On today's show, we're going to have the ongoing UNC Chapel Hill case. We do continue our coverage with the NCAA scandal, also the top 25 effect after the scandal, plus our thoughts on Midnight Madness and LaMelo Ball being homeschooled. Big baller brand. (laughs) Big baller at BBB, brother. (laughs) Well, Taylor, let's get right into it. The NCAA verdict was set to be released on Friday until it was on another delay due to schedule and circumstances. Institutions under major NCAA investigations are notified 24 hours by the NCAA committee on infractions whenever the intended report does tend to be released. Taylor, what are your thoughts about the ongoing investigation? What do you think is going to happen? I've uh, I've been ready for this North Carolina scandal to be over since... 2013 when it kind of broke in um i i mean honestly when i heard the news that were coming out i i honestly thought as a carolina fan it wasn't it couldn't be any better timing with the ncaa scandal breaking out about the players being paid and with the adidas scandal i thought that wouldn't maybe lessen the ncaa blow that's going to come to carolina but i thought that you know let's get out ahead of this thing let's get the penalty penalties out in the open let everybody know about them and then let the ncaa scandal continue but for my uh, my thoughts on the what's going to actually happen in North Carolina themselves, I really think um, I don't think a lot of people like a lot of people are hoping that the titles come down and uh, death penalty. I honestly don't. That's my, maybe my personal bias showing, but I really think that they'll be on probation. They'll probably lose scholarships over the next couple of years, like kind of as most programs do when they're under NCAA investigation. But I think the reason you'll see that. Carolina continues to get top 25, top 50 talent uh, for the 2018-2019 class. Um, I think that shows that Roy Williams knows something that's like, look, like we're not going to get the death penalty, or we're not going to play in the, or we're not going to be able to not play in the NCAA tournament next year. So as, as long as they don't lose the 2005 title, or like you know somehow they can't play in the tournament next year, I'm happy with it. Whatever, I'm not happy, but I'm okay with whatever happens because that's the one thing you don't want to see what happened at Louisville two years ago where they did their own self-imposed ban and that's just wasting a whole year watching a great team play. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, right now UNC, they're facing five level one allegations. Um, Of course, you know, the most serious the NCAA can levy, um, you know, among those allegations are a lack of institutional control and that the university's athletic department conspired to provide athletes impermissible benefits in the form of access to courses (laughs) at the heart of the investigation. Uh, I mean, I think it is funny that they are investigating that the sole focus is on how bogus African study courses help the uh, UNC athletes maintain their eligibility. I mean, it's funny that the class existed for 18 years. I know that it ran from 93 all the way to 2011 and that but the uh, their focus is on 2002 through 2011. It reminds me of when I first started college at Lamar University and I had to take a walking class uh, of all things, (laughs) a walking class. that was probably the easiest day you ever taken. What were some of your electives that you took? Uh, they, at Northern, they have a University 101. It's a class that they you walk around the campus as a freshman, and they show you where every building is, and 
that's kind of about it. You meet for 50 minutes and you talk about what you're struggling with. And it was like they, when I, at my orientation, they told me to take it as a GPA booster. So it was a nice 16 uh, week course to get an A in. Did have to do a single ounce of work, really. And I, you know, got the three credit hours for it. But I will mention that, like you said, the 2002 to 2011, like that's the Matt Doherty years at Carolina. We don't really talk about those years. Um, although he did like bring a lot of the recruits in for the 2005 team, uh, a lot of people were throwing Roy Williams under the bus for you know, the alleged allegations. And don't get me wrong, from 2005 when he took over to 2011, those are the you know dominant years of Roy's uh, coaching career. But I still want to get the dirt off it, completely off all of his name. Oh, no, absolutely. And I guess for me, with everything, I mean, of course, you know, UNC, you know, the penalties that they're facing, you know, have remained uncertain. You know, of course, at the most severe, like you said, I mean, um, it could include postseason bans, you know, uh, vacant victories, uh, potentially at least one national championship. At the end of the day, you know, even if this does happen 20, 25 years from now, all that could be easily uplifted and all this would have been for what? For nothing. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, we saw that with, you know, the Michigan and the Fab Five, everything coming down, you know, 20, 25 years later. Look exactly, you know, what all happened with that. Thing. I know it's a I know it's a cliche thing to say, but literally, like if they took the titles away, I, I would still remember it. Like I, you know, I, a lot of the people were like, oh, they're going to lose their titles. They're going to lose their titles. Like I'll still remember them winning it all. Like it's not going to, you know, it'll never un, uh, unsee it. But yeah, it'll be funny, you know, like the two, year 2005, nobody won the national championship, but everybody will still remember when Ray Felton and Richard McCants beat D. Brown and the Illini. So. <laughs> D. Brown, what, I hadn't heard that name in years. Well, it's like whenever, <laughs> you know, the whole racist allegations, or not allegations, really, with Hulk Hogan and the WWE, and they tried to erase Hogan. I mean, dude, you can't erase the Babe Ruth of yeah. professional wrestling. Come on now. But moving yeah, on here. But, you're right. Go ahead, my bad. Yeah. No, go ahead, Absolutely. So here we go. Continue coverage with the NCAA scandal, man. So, so far, I mean, the investigation, you know, has produced arrest of Chuck Persons of Auburn, um, Emmanuel Richardson of Arizona, Lamont Evans of Oklahoma State, uh, Tony Bland of USC. We all know Rick Pitino is out. AD of Louisville, Tom Jurek is currently possibly, you know, with, you know, he's possibly on his way out. He um, is out. They, uh, they fired him, too. Is he out of here? Yep. Yep. That's what well, that makes things even better. Um <laughs> You know, and Jim Gatto of Adidas, uh, you know, I know he was under the alleged scheme for paying, you know, at least over 100000 to a family of an unnamed prospect. Um, I did see that Utah Valley University, Mark Hope, you know, he hopes that, you know, he could see this whole process, recruiting process cleaned up. Um, I know really the man behind this whole thing, Sonny Vaccaro, he, you know, he really pioneered the intertwining of university and shoe companies. Um, he's hoping that the recent scandal can create the public backlash needed for a uh, drastic overhaul. Uh, thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's it. When the whole shoe deal thing happened, I mean, Jordan took over Nike. I think, you know, I think I forget the guy's name you just said, but uh, Adidas was looking for their, their next guy. And, you know, that started the whole process of the handlers and everything we mentioned, you know, just finding that finding the next guy and getting every best player possible on their shoe brand. And sometimes that unfortunately leads to impersonal benefits and other things. But, um, mentioning Bruce Feldman uh, from CFB, he literally said that uh, more indictments are coming in college hoops um, expected to happen within the next two weeks. That was on Friday the 6th. Um, so we'll see a lot of, you know, hopefully a lot more like universities and individuals coming forward or being announced from the FBI that, you know, said recruits are being taken these things. But I like what you mentioned about the Utah Valley State coach. Um, but John B. Lyon, the Michigan coach, also said, you know, when we're recruiting a kid and meeting their family and everything, if by any chance money or 
like benefits arise in the conversation. We're immediately done recruiting those kids. And you'll see like, you'll see a lot of coaches back off like bowl bowl. He's the number two player in the class of 2018. He was down to Oregon, Kentucky, Arizona, USC, um, and Arizona state. And now he's down to UK and Oregon only. So, you know, that's another impact of the scandal that we've kind of been talking about. Like these kids are going to see these schools on their radar and they're going to split. They're not going to be wanted to be associated with these schools. And I don't really blame them, honestly. No, absolutely. I, I want to read this here quote by Sonny Vicaro because I thought I found it very interesting. He said that, you know, in my opinion, after watching this for 50 years, this is the first time I've witnessed that someone's going to be forced to tell the truth. Something should happen out of this for a very, very negative reason to a positive ending. I just think will be exposed. You know, the NCAA, they're running a well-oiled machine that pays well to them. Um, although maybe that can change too. My prayer would be to get enforcement out of the NCAA's hands and come to their senses, allow these kids to earn money while they're playing sports. I think that's going to eventually happen because it'll happen again. Some kid's going to take something tomorrow. That's just what human nature is. Um, I, I mean, I believe that to be 100% accurate. How about yourself, Taylor? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 hard for me and you to sit right here and talk about if a random guy came up to your family and saying, here's $100,000 to to go to the school, play for a year, and go to the NBA, and they showed documented success of not being caught over the, like, you know, God knows the last 10 to 15 years. It's hard for me and you to sit here and say that we wouldn't take it, but he's right. I mean, it's there's always an opportunity. for Someone's always going to be, you know, hey, come to the school. Hey, come do this. Like, there's always going to be, like, bad acts out there, and, you know, you got to find the right system. you got to find the right coach that steer you in the right direction and, you know, keep you out of trouble, like, legally, too, as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's always about being on the straight and narrow. And here's the thing. A lot of these kids, we don't know their background. And not to say that if you're poor, you're going to make a terrible decision because, you know, you've seen rich kids too go out and make terrible decisions as well. I mean, look, you're young, you're dumb. And I know you said that, hey, you know, if we're put in that position, you know, maybe we do the exact same thing. Speaking for myself, uh, if that was me at 18 or 19 years old, I probably would. If somebody was offering me a deal or somebody offering me and my family, you know, Fifty thousand to a hundred thousand dollars. You damn right, I'm going to take it. But uh, <laughs> it reminds me of Tim, uh, one of your favorite movies, Blue Chips. Anthony Hardaway and Shaq. You know, Shaq of all people, he never wanted that Lexus. No, <laughs> no, he didn't. You're right. <laughs> but that was a that's one heck of a movie as well too. But it also reminds me a lot of you know the SMU scandal from you know the 1980s and Eric Dickerson pulling up in that gold Trans Am, and the SMU originally thought that they lost out to Texas A&M. Uh, and then lo and behold, whenever, you know, Erickson, Derek Dickerson came out and said, you know what, I don't want to be, be a part of A&M, but I got this gold Trans Am. What am I going to do? And the coaches say, you know what, don't worry about it. Hey, we'll take care of it. Because what's A&M really going to go, come out and say, hey, we paid this guy. You know, he's supposed to come play for us. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, my bad, my bad. Uh, no, go ahead, I was Tim, go ahead, John, uh, John Calipari recently had some interesting comments, uh, Beginning of this month, he said that he thinks uh, his players should be able to earn income based off their name, like their signature and their likeliness. And he says, like, you know, they should be able to earn it because if a uniform is sold with a player's name on it, they should get a percentage of it. There's nothing worse than, you know, for the player to see throughout the stadium or throughout, the, you know, the streets in Lexington when they're partying for the tournament that all these people are wearing a Malik Monk 5 jersey, but he's not seeing any money of that at the university. And then, the, you know, Nike's making hundreds of hundreds of dollars off him. I kind of like, you know, Cal's comments comes at a weird time. Because I, I don't know if I'd be announcing, any, I think my players should be played, especially with all this going on. But that's an argument that has been around forever. Like these, I get it. Like it is, uh, these players should make money off themselves. But 
I also think if they're only in Lexington or said school for a year, like I think they can handle the year with like they'll be fine for the year. They'll make their own NBA sales jersey the next year. What do you think about that? Oh no, I agree hundred percent. Because here's the thing: I mean, what would be the base formula? Because like you said, you know, if you're at Kentucky, if you're at Duke, if you're at Michigan State, uh, you know, Wake Forest, uh, you know, Arizona, Kansas, you know, if you're at one of the bigger schools you know you're probably going to be more than likely one and done, two at the most. So you're going to go right to the NBA and make a lot of money because, you know, a rookie in the NBA, millions of dollars right off the bat. If you go into the NFL, you're not going to make that whatsoever. Uh, but, no, I, I agree wholeheartedly, you know, as far as the players, you know, they, they definitely, you know, should be getting paid. But th- that's the biggest question. How much and how do you distribute that? Because you can't necessarily do it like it's an NBA team with LeBron James. Um, and then you got someone that's just riding the bench over there. I I'm not sure. Um, yeah, it's, I think it is might be a little bit ill time for Coach Cal uh, <laughs> to come on and, and make those comments. Uh, I'm not quite sure as to where his head would have been like that, but hey, it's Coach Cal. He's, you know, I, I would say he's one of the most respected. I think he's respected by fans, colleagues. Uh, I'm not quite sure, uh, but overall, I'm sure that they're okay. Yeah, I'm sure he's. I'm sure he, him, and Coach K have the college basketball on on lock. Whatever you know, Cal. There's nobody better than at the like halftime interviews and post-game interviews in Cal. Like, he'll, you know, if he thinks he, the refs are hosing him in the game, he'll let it be known, you know, in the middle of the interview. If he do, his guys are playing like crap, he'll, you know, justify that it's his fault, that he controls the media and, like, what they say about him. So I think him getting this out is something he actually believes in and wants it out. Like, if, you know, if it was a negative, he wouldn't have put this out. But I, I honestly think he does believe in it. And, I mean, it's not, like I said, it's a bad timing for where we're at with the scandal. But overall, I don't think his comments are going to lead to anything further. No, absolutely. You know, and speaking of Duke and Kentucky, you know, with the NCAA scandal going on, you know, the top 25 definitely had, you know, some sort of effect. Uh, One of the biggest, you know, changes was Louisville. You know, they they definitely moved down 12 spots and moved all the way back down to the number 18 spot. Uh, Kentucky did move up one to the number six. But here's the top five. I want to get your thoughts on this. Right now we got number one Duke, two Arizona, three Kansas, four Michigan State, five Wichita State. Do you agree with that top five? Um, yeah, I mean, you look at each of the team, they have veteran players, Duke's got arguably some of the good recruits coming in and Marvin Bagley, uh, and then, you know, they have Grayson Allen returning, they have uh, Trayvon Duvall, Wendell Carter, they, I mean, they're an experienced team at the typical Duke, Mike Krzyzewski, last couple of years team, they got arguably, you know, two or three top 10 talents, um, returning pieces, and that's going to lead them to be the number one preseason team, Kansas, same thing, Devontae Graham, they bring in Billy Preston, um, you know, they're, they're going to be another solid team. Uh, Bill Self's got a vet- couple veteran guard, which always leads to good success for him. Um, you look at Arizona, DeAndre Ayton, uh, they're, they're going to be just as good. Sean Miller is a great one-and-done recruiter, now, although we understand why sometimes now because some of the recruit- uh, the violations coming out. But um, they're going to be strong just as well. The only team I have a kind of a disagreement with is Wichita State. I Not that I don't think they're good, but yep. um, I think Kentucky – you know, rightfully shows to be a top five team. Um, you know, they bring in Kevin Knox, they bring it, bring back Hamadou Diallo, Nick Richards, Quad Green. Like, I think all those kids are, are you know, and they're a top class. Once again, Kentucky's got a top three class. Um, they're shocked the, the fans around here, but I think they should be a top five team. They're, you know, they got some good guards. They're a deep team. I think if given the chance, they'd probably beat Wichita State, but I understand, like, veteran leadership win. Look at Carolina last year, junior and seniors, and you know, which is also going to bring veteran guards, which they know how to play in the tournament. Even though they lost to Kentucky last year, they're still going to be a tough team. They should dominate their conference. No, absolutely. And here's the thing with Wichita State. You know, when, you know, regardless when healthy, uh, 
the Wichita State, you know, they're going to be strong. They're definitely going to be a favorite to win the American Athletic Conference. Um, I mean, I I agree as far as, you know, with it being Kentucky. I, I think Kentucky is definitely a top-five team. I think they probably, Wichita State, got thrown into the top-five due to the fact that every relevant player is definitely coming back uh, to finish out, you know, the season as well. Uh, I mean, granted, you know, they're, you know, Shaman did have foot surgery in July, which hurt. But, uh, you know, one team I definitely – do believe who's going to probably make a lot of noise is Michigan State, uh, especially with, you know, Miles Bridges being back. Uh, you know, that means all four of the Spartans' top five scores, you know, they're, they're arriving back as well. Uh, you know, and Bridges right now is, you know, the favorite to win National Player of the Year, especially if he leads Michigan State to what should be Tom Izzo's eighth Big Ten regular season title. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Like, Michigan State, they were – see, they had bad guard play last year. They had a lot of injuries, too, with their front court. So and Bridges was there all year and he was balling out. So like everybody was everybody was hating on Michigan State middle of the year because they were struggling. They were a 500 level team. People didn't know if they were going to get in the tournament. But when March comes around, Izzo gets those guys to play. Um, then you come back the next year, you bring back Bridges, who would have been a lottery pick this year. Comes back, you know, you team up with Cassius Winston, Nick Ward, Josh Langford. I mean, they're going to be solid. And you know, Izzo's a great coach, defensive coach, great offensive mind. And like I said earlier, like they're going to be good in March, so that's a scary team. I wouldn't want anywhere in your bracket. Oh no, absolutely. And speaking of Tom Izzo, we're going to change gears up here a little bit. Midnight Madness is starting up here, and you know, and a guy like you know Tom Izzo, uh, you know, once he came in, you know, dressed as a member of the band Kiss. Uh, once when it was Friday the Thirteenth, you know, he was Dracula. Another year it was Iron Man. Another year he walked <laughs> as a hippie in a headband. Uh, you know, for me, Midnight Madness. Tom Izzo and the University of Kentucky are the gold standards. Do you have any fun stories over the years that you've enjoyed of Midnight Madness? Um, yeah, I'm, I've never been to a, Carolina does their version as like late night with the Roy. That's what they call it. I've never been to one of those, but I have been to yeah, Big Blue Madness. Um, I, I forget. I went with the year with Anthony Davis for 2012 when Mike, Mike Gilchrist, Anthony Davis, T, Durant, Lamb. And it, like, like you said, it's just like it's an amazing event. Like the city of Lexington. I mean, everybody knows how passionate UK fans are. But the day of Big Blue Madness is like a big party all day. Then you get inside a rep arena and they introduce the players in a fun way. Like they, you know, they give them their own intro. They come out and dance, whatever. Then they play the scrimmage and like it's a dunk fest. Like no defense being played. Kind of like the all-star game. You know, just the scrimmage, show the players what they got. And then the last two or three minutes they play hard. But usually a dunk contest, a three-point contest. But I mean, what a lot of people don't realize, Big Blue Madness and all these like preseason events, um, it's really a recruiting pitch. Like you want to show these kids like – this is the environment that's always going to be like on these big games. And you see a lot of schools bring in their biggest recruits on the day to their big blue madness. And I know Kentucky's keeping in um, Zion Williamson, who's the internet sensation, maybe since, you know, like LeBron big level, he's always being talked about whether it's dunks or um, athletic blocks or, you know, everything he does, this kid's just amazing. He's going to be at UK um, this week. Uh, You know, a lot of people say him and Emmanuel quickly who recently committed to Kentucky, they're a package deal. Um, Zion, you know, obviously denying it because if that's the case, he doesn't want his recruitment to be over before he even announces. Um, but, you know, UK is going to have a lot to offer. They're going to show you. I mean, the UK recruiting pitch is laid in stone. Cali Perry does not have to do anything. He's going to bring you in and say, I think you're like this player. I think you're like Anthony Davis. I think you're like Devin Booker. I think you're like said. He's going to show you you're going to play here a year. We're going to have success. They get to the tournament. They get deep in the tournament. They might not win it all, which is, you know, drives some Kentucky fans nuts, but. He shows him, I'm going to showcase you. You're going to get, you, you're going to play. You know, you're going to go off to the NBA, and you're going to be well loved. You're always welcome back. And I think that's, you know, Zion, one of those kids that 
you know, Cal's going to show him, like, hey, we're going to let you play how you want. So I think this is a big weekend for him. Um, I don't know if he's 100% committed to Kentucky like a lot of people think he is. I think the in-state schools for him, like South Carolina and Clemson, got a shot, and maybe Kansas. But um, I think I would say UK is the leader, but I wouldn't say it's over. Oh, no, and I think that's great, too, because, you know, the one big thing about UK, I mean, not just the fan base, but all the, the big-name players that do come back, uh, guys like John Wall, Anthony Davis, uh, Willie Cauley-Stein, uh, Boogie, they're all going to be there for him, and that's going to be one hell of a pitch. And, and like you say, you know, Kentucky, they really they don't have to do anything. Uh, they're an entity of their own. It's like Seinfeld back in the day. Seinfeld didn't have to run commercials to tell everybody who you know that they're coming up. They already knew. They, you know, they were they were top dog. Yep. Uh, but I mean, I, I agree. Uh, you know, Midnight Madness is it's great. You know, dunk contests, live entertainment, prize giveaway, player reduction, skits. Uh, you know, <laughs> even some real basketball. Uh, you know, goes on. I think. And, you know, I think part of it, kind of what's underappreciated Big Blue, about Big Blue Madness, is um, Tim and I have a mutual friend who literally camps out on the sidewalk for Big Blue Madness to get his tickets. Like that's, he goes down on like a Tuesday and the tickets get released on a Friday like that. He's literally camping out. And sometimes like Kentucky has called the blue courts. They're two like rec basketball courts on um, outside. And I've heard numerous stories, like you said, players coming back or the current players playing against college kids, playing against the fans. And like, that's something you like a lot of fans wish they could like I li- obviously we live in Kentucky like I'm not going to be able to go to a North Carolina Big Blue Madness so it's something like you know like that you get to appreciate how cool it is and you get to see the players they're soft like a different side of them rather than you know when the lights are in their face so cool thing to mention oh, no, it, too is um a lot of those Kentucky kids you guys have mentioned earlier this guy's played in those pickup games with Kevin Durant and LeBron this summer so mm-hmm. you know that the people got to see those clips make me even more excited for Big Blue Madness this year yep Oh, no, absolutely. It, it is definitely crazy, though, man. I mean, they'll, they'll show up days in advance. Um, I was reading that, you know, 270 tents were, uh, were up soon after the 5 o'clock start of Wednesday morning at the time. Uh, it, it is pretty cool, though, that, I mean, it's going to be taking place on Friday the 13th. Um, I do think that's a pretty cool factor. Who knows what in the world it's going to be about. I know that the, uh, the first and only year that I've ever actually been uh, was the year that uh, they should have went undefeated until they lost the, the Utah. But uh, Drake was there. Uh, the atmosphere was phenomenal. Uh, you know, whatever. I, I'm not going to say that was the biggest UK fan being from Texas because football rules down there. Uh, but my wife is a huge UK fan. Therefore, I jump on the bandwagon myself. Um, it, you know, it, it was a fun time. You know, received a lot of free stuff there. And, and I'm definitely looking forward to it as well. Yeah, we, uh, and we also got the great video of Drake airballing uh, baseline jump, or a uh, free throw line extended jump shot that I will forever laugh at every time I see it. And uh, sorry, yeah, sorry to burst your bubble, but I was actually at the Final Four when UK lost to Wisconsin. So I was, uh, and surrounded by crying uh, mid age adult men yelling that it's the ref's fault was honestly one of the highlights of my life. But it resulted in the Monday Night National Championship Duke winning right in my face for the second time I've seen a person. So it's not. The greatest end of my story, but I was definitely there, and it was a wild, wild night the whole time. We were actually at Hooters because we we tried to get tickets, but man, tickets were just so damn expensive. We went down there, uh, you know, we took part of the festivities, which actually stood in about a two-hour line to meet Christian Leitner. And man, I was like, there was about fifteen more people ahead of me. I'm getting ready to have Leitner sign my basketball for free, and sure enough, it was like, yep. It's time to go. I'm like, you have to be kidding me. He's like, he did it again. Christian Leitner, that SOB. That's were you were you up in Indy? <laughs> yeah, I was actually yeah, okay. we were actually yeah. in Indy. Yeah. Uh, that's, in Indy. Uh, that's like a not to get off topic, but literally like I'm sure you, you were at like the uh 
bracket town as they call it like the big convention where they have all the people sign and like the big town yeah. hall like it was you it's amazing how a the amount of like talent or star power they have there like you know bill like bill russell Shaq, like dickie v christian leitner like all these huge names are literally on these panels and you can have them sign and like if you're an like avid college basketball fan you'll just recognize people like i was walking and like mark gottfried nc state's coach at the time was like walking next to me and i was like looking and i was like are you coach gottfried and he's like yeah and i'm like oh like i'm wearing on like a nice north carolina sweatshirt and he's like that's a bad sweatshirt you got on son like, it's just amazing how up in Indy, like, the interactions you can have, like, as much because like, everybody in the college basketball world is there for that weekend. So, it's, it, it was awesome. Like, like if I'm telling anybody who has a chance to go to the Final Four, like, I know it's a very, like, you know, it's not average thing to do. But if it's, you know, if it's nearby city, if, even if you can't get the tickets, you know, Bracket Town or the, like, convention center is like, 10, 15 bucks to get in. Like, it's definitely worth the trip up there for a day or something. Yeah, because we got in for free because if you were a Chase Cardhold member, you you got in and my credit card had expired, but they're like, nah, forget about it. Yeah. Uh, no, I thought it was a fun atmosphere. It reminded me a whole lot if you've ever been to the Arnold Classic up in Columbus. Uh, uh, yeah, it's kind of like that. Yeah, that's a great time. You know, anybody that's star power within that industry is just walking around. Uh, even when the WWE was there, I mean, I, I saw randomly David Otunga, Jennifer Hudson's uh, <laughs> husband, and I went and shook hands with him. My cousin was like, oh, is that your buddy from the gym? I'm like, no, man, that's, that's David Otunga. That's Jennifer Hudson's, yeah. man. You know, it's crazy. But because uh, when we went to, when Tim and I went to the uh, Super Bowl festivities, that was a lot of fun. But, man, you really couldn't just, if there were players around, there's definitely security there. Um, yep. I know Tim and them got to meet A.J. Green, get his autograph. I had the chance to meet Jim Brown. Uh, that was a real highlight for myself. You know, we we saw guys like Deshaun Johnson, Derek Brooks, uh, Deshaun Jackson, I mean, Derek Brooks. Uh, Drew Brees, Steve Young, they're all about I me. Mean, hell, I even want a free Tony Romo autograph uh, just by going <laughs> off some stats and for, for information. But, yeah, no, I highly suggest uh, anybody to go to any one of those uh, fun festivals. Switching gears here now, man, this is our, our last topic of the evening. And, of course, it deals with the big baller brand in Chino's Hill High School. Um, they definitely have become synonymous with the Ball family in recent years, with the brothers Lonzo, LiAngelo, and LaMelo teamed up uh, to all lead the school to a perfect 35-0 season and a uh, California State Championship in 2016 behind a breakneck offense that thrive pushing the tempo and shooting at will. Uh, but you know what? Now the Ball family, they are done with school. Uh, LaVar Ball, he announced that the youngest son, LaMelo, will be homeschooled to focus on training and development as a basketball player over the next two years. Do you think this is going to help or hurt him in the long run? Um... See, that's a that's a, a, I mean, a double-edged sword because I I think you know if he's in the right people with the training that can obviously help him for college he's gonna play he's gonna be at UCLA every chance he can like that's not gonna be a violation by any means he's already he's already committed there his brother's on the team he'll practice with them he'll probably scrimmage against them when you know they're not in game like in season preparing for opponents but so like on that aspect it'll help him but you know anytime it's just gonna be another outlet for Lavar to talk about himself and his kid um I remember when. Chino Hill's coach would, um, he would, you know, he, the reason I think he's switching out is because the head coach of Chino Hills was like, we're not going to run that offense anymore where LaMelo is standing at the free throw line and we throw deep to him and he had to lay up or shoot the three. Like, we're going to play like basketball. And like, I think that'd be good for him because, you know, like you get in college, it's not like even Lonzo, they didn't play like that when Lonzo was there. Like, they put like a normal up tempo, fast paced team, shooting a lot, you know, getting in rhythm, but not cherry picking like a lot of teams would say. Um, to that end, I think LeVar, you know, that he heard those comments, wanted to make a name for himself because it's been a month since we've heard from him. So why not freshen himself up? Pulling LaMelo out, that's 
I don't know. I don't think Lamelo or Leangelo are going to be just or anywhere close to good as Lonzo. Like, um, I think Leangelo is going to struggle to have like not only playing time this year, but a significant role for UCLA. So this dream of Lavar of having all three in the NBA on the Lakers, like uh, Leangelo might be a practice squad member, <laughs> like, but that I don't think can be on the active roster for the Lakers. So I mean, we'll see how it plays out. I don't. I'm sure. I thought he would try to reclassify for next year. Um, if you're homeschooled. You, weird things can happen. You can take the courses you need. I would see, but Leandro Lamelo is a small, small kid. He's like he needs to bulk up if he's going to play in college next year or the year after. I think so. No, uh, you know absolutely. Because I'm not saying you know Lamelo. You know he is far from you know the first lead athlete, uh, high school athlete that is. You know to go to the uh, homeschooling route. I do find it funny that we're talking that you're talking about Leandro and <laughs> he might be a practice squad member. You never hear Lamar Ball you know, talk about him ever because he's simply not a star. Um, I, I agree with you 100% uh, that I don't think Leangelo or LaMelo is going to live up to Lonzo Ball's hype or even his play. Not even knowing the balls, of course, personally, I think that based off of what I've seen just eye test alone, that they probably did a hell of a job raising Lonzo. I mean, he could have easily ran his mouth. He could easily do so much more than what he already, you know, had that his father's already done and then some. But no, he stays back. He's quiet. Whenever the team loses, it's you know, he puts the blame on himself. Whenever they win, he praises everybody. He, uh, you know, he definitely reminds me a lot of, uh, at least for me personally, a lot of Jason Kidd. Uh, you know, yeah. distributes ball, per, you know, uh, properly. Uh, you know, plays very unselfish ball. Um, you know, somebody like Lamelo, he is young. Reminds me already a lot of Lavar Ball, where I think it's going to go to his head. Um, I think yep. Lonzo Ball is going to be here to stay. Uh, whether yep. or not he's going to be rookie of the year or he's going to make a big impact, uh, you know, the jury's out on that. But, you know, who knows? But I just, you know, Leangelo is going to fizzle out. But Melo, I, I believe he's going to fizzle out himself, too. Yeah, one quick thing. I didn't, like, I'm not bashing, like, the ball family. Like, it was just weird. Like, I feel Leangelo or Lamelo is in the worst spot because Lonzo was so good so fast that publicity started to come around the family. Leangelo is the middle child, so they talked about Chino Hills with both of them there, and they were dominant. Like, you know, LaMelo has arguably you know, two years left of homeschool, then it's college year. Like, they're only going to rise in popularity. But, like, Lonzo was a five-star recruit. I remember watching him play in the McDonald's All-American game. I'm like, okay, this kid's good. Like, he's, like, you know, he, he was a top-ten prospect. LiAngelo's a three-star prospect. Like, not saying anything wrong with that, but, you know, he's not getting a – he's not getting as much publicity as Lonzo was getting. LaMelo is a five-star pro, uh, prospect, but you don't know if that's stemming from Lonzo's success – Leangelo's success, Chino Hill's success, and then the YouTube highlight take. Like, just because all these things, like Lamella's popularity might make him a five-star, but I really don't think he's that level yet. I haven't seen enough from him. But um, I I don't know. You're right. I it, I don't want to say anything bad about the family because Lonzo is soft-spoken and not – he's very, like, you know, this isn't what we're all about. It's not all about me. It's about the team. The only thing he's doing right now is hiding from De'Aaron Fox, which I don't get – keeps sitting out every time the Lakers play the Kings, which is killing me. I but I, I think LeVar understands it. Like I watched the behind, you know, behind the ball, like their documentary series on YouTube. And um, it's interesting. Like it's a lot different as LeVar isn't this, you know, money hungry monster that he makes himself out to be, but he's actually not, you know, their family's actually tight knit and well together. But at the same time, you got to do it, get your ratings and clickbait. So I get what LeVar's coming from. No, absolutely. And I guess for me, when it comes to LaMelo, I mean, where is he going to face the competition at? You know, uh, at least in high school, you know, he's going to be proper, you know, five on five. You know, he'll get the actual practice that he needs there. I mean, you're not going to be able just to go walk up to any court in America and challenge one on one because I have a feeling that more than likely that's what it's going to be. 
Or, you know, Lavar is going to set up games with scrubs, and that's all it's really going to be. Because, I mean, we all know that Lavar is his, about uh, His – the AAU team, the big baller brand AAU team that Lavar coached this year, they were bad. Like, they were getting smoked every yeah. tournament. Like, and they were winning. It was because Lamelo and they had one other guard. I can't forget – I forget his name off the top of the head. But they – those two were the only team. That, I mean, they were small. They were shooting threes. They were either winning by, you know – four or five or getting beat by 40. So I, I, you know, I agree with you, the competition level he's going to face at homeschooling, he better be playing at UCLA every chance he can. Cause that's the only competition he's going to get. That's worth even promoting him. But I don't no. like see I'm with, I, I don't know if the training route, like doing drills, shooting drills, you can only, like, you can perfect your stroke and like, you know, get great form and, you know, get the better numbers throughout the, like throughout the months of progression. But like you said, you need that five on five. You need to play with, you need to play with teammates. You need to build chemistry. You need to learn, you know, different predictability things against your opponent. Like, so you can't get that against cones. Yeah, I mean, it's no different if I got a wild hair up my ass and I'm just playing basketball <laughs> street and I'm, you know, raining threes against nobody. Then I play against, you know, people years younger than me and I'm just dominating them. And then I actually go to a real gym and take on players and just get, you know, pounded. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, I think for me, you know, Lavar's about himself. He's all about more. I mean, I, I will give it up to him. I mean, he... I don't want to go along as far as saying smart, but I mean, he actually has done a very nice job of marketing himself. Uh, there are players out there. I mean, you know, his shoes, for instance, you know, are selling. Uh, there are a lot of big backers that are looking. Uh, so, I mean, it's very interesting. I mean, I, I do believe that he's been very, very wise as to doing everything. Do you, uh, do you think they eventually sell to another company? Or do you think it's all, they're always their own entity? They're going to they're gonna have to. There, there's yeah. no way. I mean, I think the only way they stay as an entity, if – I don't know, like you said earlier about being a double-edged sword, because I could easily see Lonzo just starting out hot, white yeah. hot, and then the offers start pouring in. And, you know, Lavar says, nope. You know, well, that's the not- thing. The shoes, if you, you know, you and I had to order, they don't ship until the week before Thanksgiving. Like, that's a lot on the table. Like, if Lonzo stinks, like, out loud, like, nobody's going to be, like, a lot of people who put those yeah. orders are going to be upset. But at the same time, like you said, you know, he balls out the first month. I mean, that website's going to be clicking. I love the merchandise. Like, I love the big baller brand shirts. I think they're hilarious. Like, anybody who wears them, I just laugh. You know what I mean? The shoes, eh. I'm not really in the sneaker game like I was anymore. But yeah. I, I get it. But I honestly think eventually, if Lonzo's success, you know, continues, it, he starts out well. If LiAngelo or LaMelo turn out to be anything, like just an average or just above, above average NBA player, then I think that's when they'll sell. I think Alonzo is going to be the, you know, the test dummy for it. If, you know, he balls out and has a great first year, you'll see shoe companies offer, you know, both of them and the whole family enough money that they can't turn down. No, absolutely. And I thought it was very smart when Alonzo first started coming out and wearing everybody else's brands. Very, very yeah. smart. And then he started wearing, you know, his own brand. If I were Alonzo Ball or, you know, in fact, you know, LeVar Ball, I would keep doing exactly what I'm doing. If after the first couple of weeks, Lonzo is balling, the very first big offer, maybe second big offer that comes on the table, take it. Get yep. your money and take it. I mean, look at, you know, Odell Beckham. If he would have held out, he could have got a lot of money this year. Now look at him. He's yeah. hurt, done for the year. What's that contract going to look like now? Exactly. Not quite sure now. Um, final thoughts on today's show. No, nothing, man. I'm, I'm ready to get the season started. Um, Midnight Madness is going to be interesting to see. Always there's one or two videos that pop up from different these schools of amazing dunks or, you know, ankle breakers and stuff. And um, I'll be I'll be interested to see the recruiting news. Um, you know, all, after all these trips, 
kids kind of play that had their poker face. They always say the same thing after every recruiting trip. It's always the same. Oh, it went great. The coach told me I'll fit in here. I talked to the recruits that they already have coming in. I think we'd be a good team. And then the next visit happened. So I'll be interested to see um, right around this time is when a lot of the top recruits who are deciding in the fall start cutting down their list. And um, I'll be interested to see who starts cutting down where and where, the, where people are starting to decide to go. Um, other than that, I'm ready to get the season started. Um, I'm ready. And if, you know, like I, we said earlier, if the scandal news breaks, uh, that'll be interesting to see other coaches, players, you know, assistants, uh, you know, CEOs, handlers, AU, all the stuff involved to see who gets named in that. Um, but other than that, I'm just ready to get the season. Like I said, what about you, man? What you thinking? Uh, I can't wait, man. Um, it's it's going to be a very, another very interesting year. Um, you know, for me, you know, following Kentucky has been something, you know, that I've really have sort of been doing, you know, the recent years. I definitely believe that they are a top five team. Uh, I really can't wait to see what they're going to do. I mean, I do believe that, you know, the national championship is a little bit, you know, long overdue, even though it's only been, you know, about five or six years since they last won it. Um, I can't wait to see them. Uh, Wichita State is always very intriguing. Uh, Kansas, of course, you know, they're always going to be fun to watch. Uh, of course, you know, I'll, I'll see the, we'll, you know, we'll see them drop off, you know, come time for March Madness. Uh, you know, the same thing with mm-hmm. with Duke as well, too. Uh, they'll be there, another curious team. But I think for me, I think, me personally, besides Kentucky, Michigan State, I, I honestly believe that they're going to be the most fun team to watch this year. I'm with you. All right, guys. Well, for myself, Mike Canizales, and my co-host, Taylor Bergfield, we thank you guys for listening to another edition of Court Stormers brought to you by the 48 Minutes Podcast Network. Thank you, guys, and we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. See you.